Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. And this is Kenny. And this week, we're talking about Sweet Tooth, issues 1 through 2 by Jeff Lemire. 1 through 2? 1 through 12! Oh no! <laughs> it felt like 1 through 2 compared to the TV show. Honestly. I yeah, mean, we'll, we'll also be talking about the TV show. Yeah. Season 1. But it was a real short read, it seemed like. You know yes. what I mean? It was, I was I, like you burned through these 12 issues pretty much in one sitting. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, it's a very visual comic with not a lot... Uh, of dialogue sometimes, right. you know, which is good, you know. It, no, it, yeah. it definitely gives you a chance to enjoy Jeff Lemire's uh, art style and storytelling. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about his art style right here from the top. Yeah. Um, I, uh, full disclosure, that's the reason I never read this book was oh, because really? I would see the art style and be immediately, not turned off, but th- know that I wouldn't, it's not, like my immediate jump to, yeah, you know what I mean, and it, you know, it came out in two thousand nine originally. So like, especially around that time period, I was all about, you know, the Iron Mans and the Thors yeah. and stuff like that. You know what I we mean? We're like very Marvel now, exactly. At this point yeah. in time, yeah. <laughs> so it, if for a long time, this book wasn't immediately the thing that I was going to be spending mm-hmm. my money on, and and it's not like I was anti indie in any sort of way. It's just that I, I just, I, I. I had better, or not better, I had different uh, yeah, priorities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like not what we were into when it came to comic book reading at this right. point in time, you know what I mean? And no, yeah, it, definitely. I think it definitely took us kind of getting out of high school and uh, getting yeah. into college to like really get into more like image and like non marvel yeah. kind of superhero comics, you know? I think yeah. that kind of happened for both of us. For sure. No, yeah, definitely. Um, but like, yeah, so we're talking about the first collection, mm-hmm. the first 12 issues. I believe it covers two arcs with a couple of, like, I think they call them, like, intermissions or, um, like, outros or whatever. But it's, I think it's into the, or out of the big dark woods or the deep dark woods or something like that. And then I don't remember what the second arc is called. Yeah, out of the deep woods. Yeah, uh, out of the part deep one. Woods. And then in captivity, I believe it's just what the second oh, half is okay, called. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Tooth in captivity. Okay, but it's weird because let's go ahead and we can already draw some parallels. The show kind of dances around the first arc while yeah. introducing things that must come later down the line. Do you think line. so? I have to imagine. I don't know. I didn't want to get into it too much right too early, but I really, I mean, I the show is obviously like a very Disney-channeled, in my opinion, version of yeah. what this comic book is. You know what I mean? It's, I think, yeah, it's definitely made yeah. for... Like mainstream audiences, just a little bit more. I mean, a lot more yeah. for sure. Where I mean, this comic book to look at it, I mean, it feels very like Walking Dead, kind of very Robert Kirkman. You know what I mean? And like the style of like very uh, post-apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, everyone's out for themselves. I mean, just in a much harder way than I think the show presents itself. Where you, right. you get these people that are obviously much more kind-hearted. I don't think you really get any of that. So in, much in the, com- in the, in the comic. least in the first twelve issues of this comic, yeah. nobody is that you know morally you know like right or wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. You just don't have like they, obviously they dance with the idea of good and bad, but this comic book I think definitely leans more into the bad side of that kind of ideology. Right. You know, so uh, it kind of made me laugh to go through the series and see how much exactly they definitely like uh, made it just much more in my opinion for the mainstream audience and took yeah. a lot of like the the heavy heavy tones off of the comic and even the way it's the art style is drawn exactly it's nothing that's exactly attractive to look at it's pretty rough and kind of scary and mm-hmm. you know to have your cute little sweet tooth right. <laughs> running no, around yeah, on definitely. screen is just a very uh, different uh, effect than i think you get from reading these these issues no yeah know? definitely um but yeah the first arc is all about 
it, let's talk about the characters. It's mm-hmm. Gus is this young boy who's mm-hmm. a hybrid, and he's raised alone by his father in the woods. Mm-hmm. And he, the father, like you know, tells him like, "Don't go out past the woods." And the father is very different in the comic book compared it's to the show. It's much more religious for it. It's yeah. much more like God it's has like punished the fear, world, yeah. like God fearing a lot more. And so, um, our main characters throughout the book are strictly just Gus. And Tommy Jeopard, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, I, I read the book all in one sitting mm-hmm. and then I started to jump into the show because mm-hmm. I didn't want to have the show I, like change my opinion of the characters before I got the the source material, I mm-hmm. guess. You know what I mean? And so I, I, you know, I read the book and it was just an easy go. I yeah. was like, oh, this A is a dark read, but an easy no, go. Yeah. yeah, no. And, and <laughs> so I was like, oh. I can't wait to see how so much of this translates into the show. And it's almost like the show, I I have to assume, takes so much more of what comes out after this first, like, set of 12 issues. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's so much more in the show. They We jump between different points of view from different characters, which, you know, isn't even, like, truly available in the the book. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um but, yeah, I mean, we really only get his dad for like what five pages mm-hmm. before he. I mean, he pretty much has the sickness from the first time we see him in the comic books. You know, we know there's not really any like climactic yeah. moment I of him receiving it, it or. Uh, I thought it was kind of implied that upon Sweet Tooth finding the first candy bar and him yanking it from him, that that was maybe the transference of him oh, getting, getting the virus from the virus. I, that's how I read it. That's, no, that's an interesting way to like think about that. And it's probably very plausible because it's some outward... Yeah, it's from outside, yeah. yeah. And so, so it could have I just, easily been carrying it. Yeah, you want to grab that hair? Yeah, I yeah. see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I assumed that like it was like the sins of the son. Mm-hmm. Like he is... In in essence, the downfall of his father is that he took the candy bar and then, you know, after his dad explicitly told him not to. Yeah. Um, but Gus in the book is, he's not very well educated. Yeah, exactly. He's not very well educated. He's not very, well, he can speak, but mm-hmm. he, I don't think he's nearly as outspoken. You know what I mean? Right. I think he's very much more like internal. And he, I mean, I think he's designed and drawn to be more deer like almost more timid and you know like uh i mean everything just kind of like leaves him just like you know deer in the headlights stuck stuck and scared exactly he's not nearly as uh, responsive to everything um and i like that we do still get that scene where he you know after his dad's death he runs into like a a deer you know and has like an intimate moment with it where it's like (laughs) he's like is this my mom is this is this family (laughs) oh well that's another thing the book gives us the plots of both his buried parents mm-hmm. in this the first few issues. You know what I mean? True. Because his dad dies and his withered body stays in the bed for a while. A whole winter. Yeah, before he finally down. like buries him next to what we have to presume is his mother's grave. Yeah. And so that's another big difference from the book to the show is that we're not, we're we're really led to believe that you know this boy has been sired by two people yeah you know what i mean and there's and basically what the catalyst of the whole show is is to find the mom and that's Mm -hmm. i mean obviously not even a present story arc in this comic book so it makes me laugh the show it says based on characters 
oh. on the show by Jeff Lemire. I didn't and so even I was like, that. that's so that's very accurate that it yeah. doesn't say based on the comic book, it just says based on the characters and you know, yeah. <laughs> written by Jeff Lemire. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I I never even read that. So they basically almost admit like these these aren't the same thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um how do you feel about the I guess Gus here in the first arc, do you feel like that this is a I guess compelling enough character that you want to continue reading uh what he's going through. It would, I don't know how I would have felt if like I would have had to read this comic as it was coming out. You know what right. I mean? Like I don't know if I would have read this first issue and then been like, "Oh, I need to learn more about this deer kid," you know? The first issue feels like almost not a whole lot. Yeah, it feels a little rushed, you know not, what I mean? Not a, well, yeah, pacing. No, yeah, yeah you're right. The pacing is very off, but yeah, and I mean I, I yeah, exactly. I feel like uh, The pacing is like jumping like hurdles mm-hmm. like to get you to the end Caught of the up, issue yeah. <laughs> but then it's like not even feeding you enough information at the same time mm-hmm. which i feel like jeff lemire is a master storyteller in my opinion i i hold him in the same regard as like brian k vaughn nice in my opinion and so you know seeing because i've read a lot of his like um i've read I read Black Hammer, which was mm-hmm. dope. I read the first volume of Black Hammer, but I've also read his. I want to read Black Hammer. Oh yeah, we should for the podcast. Um, but his Moon Knight is incredible. Yeah. His um, oh his Animal Man. Oh fuck, from DC during the New Fifty Two. Yeah. When it first and started, and he's been around. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's written all of these things, and uh, I have to believe that he definitely is a like a, a staple a staple and yeah. a and talented writer you know um and the thing is, is this, i actually really enjoy, i liked this comic book for what it was and i like the world building he does in such a quick kind of you know yeah. quiet way you know um it's a great idea this whole concept and i understand uh, why someone would want to pick it up and turn it into a show this right. is like a perfect medium yeah to be put on screen in my opinion you know and that especially for job. now and I feel like that they knew that when they were making the show is mm-hmm. that they're like, this is going to go really well for what's happening today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, with the pandemic and the sickness and everything. But I um, I mean, I thought they did a good job of once we finally get to, you know, the introduction of Tommy Jeopard. I mean, can we basically get him right. very similarly in both ways where mm-hmm. it's like the two hunters, you know, we see him, you know, about to get Gus and he just destroys them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to, I think I kind of liked comic book tommy jepper a little bit more than i, I did in the show Just i that. like the comic book 250 percent more than the show did you really yes me too and okay. so so i that's another thing i want to talk about is the the pacing of this book it, this is where i was going originally okay sorry no you're fine it, we just trail and that's just how it goes <laughs> uh but no it, the pacing in this book is is so interesting to me because it's not like how his like work at the big two is yeah you know what i mean because like black hammer is a lot like this but i think black hammer is even cleaner than this Mm -hmm. because it comes you know years and years after he originally made this yeah and so it's interesting to see this young jeff lemire like you know still getting his foot steady in the door in comic books and and creating this story and having he already knows exactly where it's going and he's just taking strides through it you know what i mean like this first 12 issues it it's like I feel like the t- first twelve issues is like the first the first perfect issue yeah. of a series. You it's know like what I mean? Like a pilot. Or no, even, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like these twelve issues it works better as the first part of a volume of the book rather than 
12 separate issues yeah. if, if you know what i'm trying to say absolutely yeah, yeah. like you couldn't just it, i mean once again if i would have tried to read this coming out individually i feel like it would have been rougher than to be able to have it collected in these 12 yeah. and be able to kind of read them throughout and because it really draws you in that way you know yeah. what i mean um and the the more non-dialogue driven kind of storytelling exactly and it it takes a little getting used to to get to the, the artwork you know what i mean once yeah. again to go back to that but once you do it it's very accepting to the 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 story that's being told well, that's, you know that's, they, they complement yeah, each other exactly severely. that's one yeah. thing that the 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 art immediately tells you is that like this is an uneasy story yeah this is uneasy art like we're gonna like really give it to you as like a full um like oh, fuck what's the word i'm trying to think of just like this is the full image of what exactly yeah, i'm trying to it's show it's supposed you. to be uncomfortable exactly yeah <laughs> And so I think it it finally works well in that sense because like you know you read the synopsis on like Google or something and it mm-hmm. says a dear child is you know stuck in the apocalypse and, you know rough words like that yeah and so you look at the art and you're like that's not necessarily what I was imagining yeah you know what I mean like you had brought up like you know uh, the Walking Dead previously like mm-hmm. that art is so much more you know gritty and realistic and this is gritty but then it's like uneasy yeah. you know what i mean it's psychologically like an image Upsetting, you yeah. know what i mean yeah exactly and so i i think that this book works stupendously for, for the story it's exactly. trying to tell yes dude yeah um but yeah let's talk about the characters some more tommy jeopard is our second protagonist mm-hmm. in this this these first 12 issues and we see his origin story, I think, probably issue five, six, or some, somewhere in the middle of him. He was an athlete. Mm-hmm. He He's was a, a hockey, hockey player. <laughs> exactly. But I didn't immediately... Oh, Jeff Lemire's from Canada, so hockey's huge. Yeah, it makes sense that it would be a hockey player. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't see immediately that this was um, like like a super professional. You know what I mean? It, yeah. I. Like, I, I saw him playing hockey, and I thought it was, like, you know, just, like, a community thing. Yeah, not even, like, the NHL or something. Or he, exactly, But I yeah. think they do mention he was a washed-up NHL player. Oh. They do mention that he was on, I like think a that legitimate the, I mean, maybe team. it's post that, that yeah. they mention that he's washed up, be, like, after the fact? Mm-hmm. Or do you think he was washed up during that flashback? Well, I think it kind of shows what kind of happens with him, which is that he just is, like, violent and yeah. is more obsessed with the fights than the game you know what i mean yeah. slowly they basically keep penalizing he gets getting he keeps getting penalized earlier and earlier in games until they eventually like have to retire him you know yeah. it's kind of how that goes and it actually has happened to real hockey players oh, sure. i believe so you know it's kind of one of those things i think it's how some of them choose to go out you know it's like a it's like almost like a tradition mm-hmm. to like start just like throwing I, fights all the fun time until I, you get retired you know i don't know too much about hockey but it, the fact that we're from texas it, yeah <laughs> the fact that the referee just sits back and lets them battle mm-hmm. it out until it gets a little bit too at rowdy i guess yeah i like is, how i say that and we're from san antonio that has a hockey team we have the rampage here is that mainstream though is that nhl no it's i forget they're like you it's, know they're like a lower right it's you know, second uh, one of those yeah. below that but i've been to a few rampage, rampage games. games throughout the years and it's fun oh i used to work with 
a past hockey player that was in not minor uh, yeah minor league the minor league there you go. yeah we'll he, call it that. he was in i guess whatever the minor league version of of the nhl is the nhl the minor <laughs> hockey league the, god damn it um but i used to work with him and he was missing some teeth Shit. and he was a he was a smaller guy too mm-hmm. and i was like damn you must have been like a cannonball on the on the <laughs> ice you know what i mean i bet i bet being small is a good thing because exactly yeah, yeah. you're so much more you know because you're already having to be weighted down by all the padding and stuff anyway yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they called him Puck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I will see. No, nope, wrong see. button. Yeah, that's Aww. that's what that one deserves. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Tommy Jeopard is a retired and a well hockey yeah. player, and he. I don't think there's hockey anymore. <laughs> you will obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're in Kansas. I think they're anymore. all retired. <laughs> Some of them six feet retired, mm-hmm. six feet underground retired. Um, <laughs> Aww. <laughs> um, but he is our second protagonist, and we see pretty immediately that he has ulterior motives upon meeting Gus because yeah. he saves Gus from a couple of hunters, and he he definitely is you know talking to Gus. He's being friendly enough with Gus, but he has. A different idea for Gus, mm-hmm. and we we kind of understand that pretty early on. Yeah. You had seen maybe two episodes before you started reading. Yes, I did watch the first two episodes of the show before I read the twelve comic. I want to I want to know how you felt about seeing obviously what happens in the first two episodes with Tommy and and Gus's like uh or Jeopard's first meeting. Yeah, yeah. well, no, not even that. Like their relationship. Oh yeah. By the second episode, like it's pretty it's pretty well known that like. They're probably going to end up together throughout the rest of the show. Well, absolutely. Even They've though, established them as your main two characters, right? Then. Even though Jeopard is obviously trying to get away, you the story lets you know yeah. like these guys aren't. I mean, he's getting once again trying to get away in a Disney Channel kind of way. <laughs> I'm going to keep bouncing back to that, which is, hey, go away, kid. And then when the kids like keep hanging around, it's like, yeah. oh well, I guess I'm stuck with this. You know, yeah. it's like a real adult would like handle the problem in a different way. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, but I like that. Uh, Though I I like that this Jeopard is just so much more in a gray area in the comic book. You know what I mean? That's what I would kind of go into to stick on the comic is that I love that he obviously right out the gate is has no blatantly no positive motives that we can see for Gus. There's no like, you know, conflict within him. It's just literally like, I need this kid for my own goals. Right. He gives him, you know, like, hey, I know this place called the preserve. We're going to go there. And I mean, that's such a good reason for Gus to trust and follow him you right. know what I mean and on top of the fact that he just saved his life obviously you know no but I was gonna ask how do you feel about or how did you see how were you reading this after knowing one version were you like oh fuck like this Jeopard is definitely different yeah I mean was I, it, I think even just from the first the way the first issue was and then we saw the God-fearing dad die, yeah. and die off so quickly and we didn't get the beautiful <laughs> will forte call. dad we yeah. didn't get pubba you know what i mean like i you know i didn't want to get into will forte too earlier but that's like the best thing about yeah. sweet tooth the show in my opinion i loved him so much um and i thought he did a fantastic job um but yeah so just right out the gate i was like oh this is going to be a completely different ride you know so and you so knew. i was my expectations were already pretty set that this jeopard was probably going to be a much darker version of the jeopard we'd seen in the show did you, know you what I mean? so you said that you finished the book in one sitting when yes. you went back to the show where you 
anticipating the darker turn. No. No. I knew that the the show was going to be this lighter hearted version of what we wow. were seeing on here. Because, I mean, it already had been. You know what I mean? There was just the way that things were being presented and the fact that I'm not going to... I did notice that based on characters from <laughs> the comic book pretty early on, I was confident they were going to be very... Two diff- very different entities, you know what yeah. I mean? And they are. I mean, the thing is, like, you can break... I could break this... I could tell you everything that happens in these 12 issues in about 60 seconds if I really wanted to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing so much as it's like they took the time to... He, Jeff Lemire took the time to kind of, like, tell you this story visually and, you know, bring You're kind of marinating in Yeah, it. and marinating in these... The the fear, not in the, like, exactly unease of this world yeah. yeah, that he creates in this, where the show is much more lighthearted and kind of gives you these characters that are, like these people are going to be together. You know, I, you never feel like anyone's going to die really in the show. You know what really? I mean? But like, I, I mean, everybody dies in the comic in a way. You know what I mean? That's pretty, you're pretty confident anybody who's not our main two is probably going to die at some point in the comic book. They literally have those two incredibly different effects, you know? So I, I was a completely different way. Like really? upon reading the whole 12 issues and then watching the show, I was like, at any point out, whenever Jeopard kept trying to like push him off mm-hmm. and like, like, hey, you're getting on the train without me. I was like, okay, maybe this is a different take. Maybe Jeopard's for sure going away or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it, it was strange for me watching the show after knowing this version of Jeopard. So Jeopard has been told by Abbott, who once oh, again, Abbott. have they have two different types of stature between universes. This Abbott is simply wanting a live hybrid Mm -hmm. that's all he wants he wants a a live hybrid and he tells jeopard you bring me a live hybrid i'll give you your wife back what did you think about that no definitely yeah i was gonna say what did you think about like basically those motives because i mean in in the sense they're kind of similar their story arcs are kind of similar which is that you know they have the pregnant wife Uh, yeah we have to assume that even in the comic book his wife had a hybrid child Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um well here's one thing do you feel like because we get her back. Yeah. Do you feel like that that's actually her? It doesn't. It, probably not. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, saying. Why would they like keep her body? Like, you know, we'll just keep her over here just in case. You know what I mean? No, yeah. they probably just gave him a body. You know what I mean? Just found some bones well, and the, threw them the, in a bag. That's, like, who's to say that she's actually dead? Yeah, also that. Because you know? like the show does it where he says once he goes back to the hospital room mm-hmm. where she gave they're birth. They're already gone. They're already, they've already been taken. So... Are we going to get a little goat baby, you know, in season that's, two? That's what I'm saying. Like, as much as, because we're still in the mystery of all this. Like, I, I'm afraid of people listening to this podcast and people are going to be like, oh, well, these guys will tell me, like, they'll fill in all the hints of, like, <laughs> what the show didn't tell me. It's like, no, we're still it's in the, the dark. Opposite. Yeah, yeah, the show, if anything, shed more light into some situations than the first 12 issues. Cause... So I, I'm, I'm considering, like, there's so many things in the show... I wonder how much of that is like I'm foreshadowing what's going to happen in the comic. Like exactly. Like I, I don't. I feel like Doctor Singh probably doesn't even have the backstory we see him have in the show in the comic books. I feel you know like I mean? he might. You think he does? You oh think yeah. Because we'll like the these, last issue, these greater mo- motives. Yeah, the last issue. He. It's all about him. And so I'm like, oh, well, he's going to become one of our main characters here in a few minutes. You know what I mean? I'm assuming throughout issues 13 and on, 13 through 40. He becomes more relevant. For sure. Should we have read more? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is all we have is the 12 issues. (laughs) No, yeah, but you were saying that pretty early on. Like, maybe the... Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, too. Bad sip and then cough. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I said it pretty early on that I felt like we didn't read enough. You yeah. know what I mean? But that's where it's interesting because the show ends basically at a weird halfway point. Yeah. For this, which is Sweet Tooth in Captivity. That's what you know? I mean. Like, I don't know. Well, let's let's take a quick break. And then <laughs> when we I come back. my breath. <laughs> when we come back, we'll finish talking about Sweet Tooth. Hey guys, so we're back for the rest of Sweet Tooth. We're still in the book. And so, like, let's talk about how much the the show is modeled after just the first arc mm-hmm. in the sense of, you it's know. Like Sweet Tooth the out journey. of the deep woods. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's weird because the beginning of the show is modeled after the beginning of the comic. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the show or the first season is modeled after the end of the first arc. Yeah. <laughs> which is wild. How do you feel about that? It's like interesting how they kind of took the story and like exactly like reworked it in that way. You know yeah. what I mean? They were like, and it, it works for the show that that was a good way to end their first season and bring their audience kind of wanting back. Cause now obviously you want to see like, Holy shit, what's going to happen to my little bit dear boy, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> but it's like crazy that exactly. We basically end on the same question of like, is he the cause, you know? Right. I mean, they, that's where these 12 issues basically end is, you know, is, you know, uh, Gus, the reason the virus started, right. you know, less than, you know, a, a side effect from it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we've had him in ca- captivity for about six issues already, you know? And yeah. so that's what I thought was so kind of jarring was how different our introduction to like Wendy and Bobby and those characters obviously yeah. are in the comic um, versus how it is in the show, which we get a, little, a much more cute kind of intimate, you know, introduction to those characters were here. They're drawn pretty terrifying like you I don't mean, even know wendy's a girl until he's like she spoke or you know something yeah. like the pig girl he calls her the pig girl or something yeah. you know um i mean gus is pretty terrifying mm-hmm. he has like a deer's a deer's nose mm-hmm. as like the bridge of his face and so it it is like very uneasy to see these characters like this mm-hmm. um how do you feel about jeopard because yeah so you know spoiler alert jeopard takes gus gives him to abbott for Sing, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the show, like, we only see that from one point of view, yeah. where the show is, like, kind of telling you, like, this is how that stuff comes to be yeah. from their point of views, mm-hmm. while this is also happening, you know, while while Jeopard is traveling with Gus. Exactly. Do you feel like, do you feel like the comic is from here going to retroactively tell us, like, the origins of Abbott and the origins of Sing? See, that's what I'm so curious about, is how much what we see in the show is in the comic books because like i said i i almost don't want to believe that dr sing is going to get such a a backstory such a yeah like a positive backstory oh. if anything such a good reason to be doing what he's doing you know what i mean i, I mean in the comic book the second arc is a lot of back and forth between sing and sing. gus okay yeah and so like i mean at least the second uh, whenever he's in captivity mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so because we also see he's, a lot of tommy's backstory too yeah um but Sing is obviously like I I don't want to kill you. Yeah, I'm sick of cutting he still boys has that open. Same kind of conflicted, yeah. but I think we're seeing Sing exactly having already been doing this for a while. Exactly. Which the end of the comic book or the end of the show is him starting starting on Chameleon Boy number one. Yeah, which I mean, not to sound a, like super terrible, but that's probably the kid I'd 
Got open first. first. Yeah, like, <laughs> I will see you there. God I damn it. One of these, I'll get the button. One of these days, I'll get the buttons right. It's all right. But yeah, no, I'd be like, yeah, that kid's pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> he does not look human. I'm fine to cut into that one. God damn it. Um, no, yeah, so it's it's revealed that Gus doesn't have a belly button in mm-hmm. the comic book. Was that, I saw that as like, a, oh, we're shifting ideas here. And so it makes me question, you know, his father's, sanity yeah and like if there was even a body buried where he ended up like where gut where he ended up being buried himself yeah you know what i mean maybe it was all just like a ploy to like make it seem like you know like it was a traditional birth Mm because like he doesn't know his mother just as well he doesn't know the mother in in the show he doesn't know anything about her in the comic book right yeah she's just not he just says like oh she died when i was you know child in childbirth yeah and that's the end of it and so did you feel like huh this whole like belly button thing that seems Strange. I thought it would be a thing in the show in the because show. they basically, I mean, it makes sense because they made it a thing that he is just a, uh, a like a creation. Yeah, a created a test tube So baby. I thought that would be like more of the reveal is that he didn't have a belly button or a belly button, <laughs> <laughs> a belly button. And that would be like the, oh, he's not, he wasn't born, you know, yeah. but instead they just did kind of like the finding the files and the test tube. And I was like, that would have been such a cool way they could have done it. And it would have made sense. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was like surprised that they didn't choose to do that. I guess it could still be a thing once he's being experimented on. Once we, you know, they're gonna, you know, show his stomach or something. <laughs> How do you feel about, um, I guess, Abbott in the story? Because that's the last character that we haven't really touched on. But and then we can talk about like Tommy Shepard. I like, love, backstory. I love Abbott in the show. I'm not gonna Dude, lie. In this, he looks and sounds dope in mm-hmm. the show. Like, and I think it was that's where they took a kind of a smaller, a, a smaller idea from the oh. comic and decided to really like flush it out in a really awesome kind of way you know what i mean they were like let's take uh jim carrey from the new sonic the hedgehog movie <laughs> and stick him in our dear boy and just make him a little bit more like hardcore and, yeah. was, and it fucking works <laughs> yeah i mean he's he's really good in the show how do you feel about him in the comic he's i think a little less involved he's i mean obviously he's like the big threatening force that has like the power over right. everyone but he's not i mean he's not nearly as like uh involved i guess is even what we'd see we just more yeah. see the implications of his actions than so much of uh him directly causing them you know what yeah I mean, is what i would say um but he, it's just that we see he's obviously the same like smart manipulative kind of controller that he is in the show you know we just thought we get him a much more flushed out and he's got a lot more dialogue i think in the yeah, show obviously definitely. then he kind of gets to talk um we really just see him basically use uh Jeopard's wife is a catalyst to get what he wants that in that right. way and then throw, you know, uh, sweet tooth to the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in in the in the show, mm-hmm. there is a lot more people. There is like people boarding trains yeah. and like societies. Oh, and, true. Yeah. And the comic book is a lot more barren. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less going on. Yeah. And I kind of like how streamlined the comic book is when it comes to like the preserve is like a building. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like a, a fenced, small little base. Yeah. A fenced like large building with a couple of tents surrounding it. And that's like it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like sure there's probably a lot of stuff underground and stuff like that. But I I, I found that to be much more realistic to the, what would be going on in this times. Well not only that, it would show it shows the 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 desperateness mm-hmm. of of the world 
the comic book that portrays this is like it. probably the best medical facility that exists exactly. in America right now. Because <laughs> like Abbott says, like I'm I'm it. This is the military. Mm-hmm. This is what's left of the United States of America. You and know, you're what right. I, mean? I guess we don't get that feel so much because there is quite a, there's like a whole there's like yes uh, there's a whole neighborhood of people we get yeah. to kind of experience who obviously eat and survive and yeah the, the power was kind of a thing for me a lot of the time because when we see the you know the animal army they have like all these electronics and stuff they're running and i'm like even with a bunch of solar power that would take a ton of electricity to it run it would take a stuff. lot of solar power panels it, i mean for it would sure. take a, an, an army of them to do the things that they were doing you know <laughs> Um, regularly, I guess yes. is even what I mean, you know? Um, so but, it was just very interesting. And then to not, and then it's okay if they're doing all that and to be l- somehow living under the radar yeah, beyond no, that, yeah. they'd have to have like an ocean of solar panels that they're running constantly. And yet somehow no one knows that they're out there. You know, <laughs> um, I wonder if, man, like people who have read the comic book mm-hmm. further than what we have know far better than we do. Cause I feel like we're still in the dark, but I, I can only imagine that the animal kids, is what we saw the animal, like, tribalistic people mm-hmm. in the comic book. I'm going to guess that, I mean, just to kind of think ahead on what maybe happens farther in the comic, is that they're probably how maybe Gus actually escapes, or, or you know, or Tommy Jeopard's assistance in getting him out. I don't right. think we're going to see, like, an Amy character so I much. I think we which, might. You think because so? I think why create the sister dynamic that is, like, right there at the very end, where yeah. we find out that Bear is, like... uh like Wendy's older, oh, sister, Wendy's older sister. I feel like we will end up seeing like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, but that's my guess is that exactly it'll be more that like Bear is the sibling too. Right. But we won't maybe get the mother element so oh, much. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't think Amy will exist. I think she was. You created, think she was created for the show? I think she was probably created for the show. And if anything, exactly the leader of the animal army will be like the sibling to Wendy or Bobby yeah. or one of the entrapped kids. You know? And I have to. I I'm gonna. I'm going to believe the the opposite. Yeah. I think Amy has to exist because, like, for them to make almost full episodes mm-hmm. re- revolve around her, it's, it, I, I just have to assume that came from somewhere. How did you like those characters? Characters, yeah. like Amy and Wendy's, I, for, for I mean, for just reading the 12 issues, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know anything about oh, these yeah. people, you know? Like, <laughs> this is pretty interesting. Show, yeah. yeah. I thought it was very interesting to, to get more characters dealing with this in a different outlook because they they pretty much had it all they were like the vice versa of of jeopard and gus yeah where they had a place they had shelter they had food they were growing everything they needed while jeopard and 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 gus were kind of like fucking around yeah, you know surviving. I mean? well and you could even argue the same thing with like uh, when he's living with his father which is more like they were living kind of like in a like a i mean they like locked in fearful kind of way but Amy obviously chose to create the preserve and bring in right. others, which is the, you know, so they lived on very opposite sides of uh, reality where, yeah, uh, I feel like uh, Gus was always taught to be scared of anybody and everything else. And Amy chose to like try to be like a community, at least yeah. for the hybrids, you know? Yeah. Um, if you had to have a hybrid child, what would you want? Ooh. Um, I thought his goat kid looked fucking badass. Yeah. And the thing was, I was like, he'd be like the best football player ever. <laughs> I was like, that kid be able to run so fast. I'd be like, you'd think he'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's for the sure. shock and awe of it all, yes, you know, yeah. but still, I was like, that's like the best case scenario for him in a way. That's like the ultimate athlete of a child. So in the comic book, Tommy Jeopard kind of regrets giving up mm-hmm. Gus, it seems like. In the show, Tommy Jeopard has no intention ever of to him up. give him up to Abbott. And we see that they're called the last men mm-hmm. in the show. And I, I can 
once again, I can only assume this shows up later in the comic book. Yeah. But we see that he used to work for the Tommy Jeopard used to work for, much like he currently works for in the comic book. Yeah. How did you feel about that that shift in in character? Mm-hmm. Did you feel like in order for this to be more palatable, they had to shift the character to be that way? Yeah, I mean it's basically they it's like they didn't write it's like they didn't have anything they could make him do that would be bad enough exactly there was like there's never a point he's actually going to give sweet tooth to them there's never going to be a moment he does anything actually that bad so we need to just have him have a bad past yeah. you know <laughs> that he just needs to come from bad and have you know uh what am I trying to say? Like, in theory, done bad things to right. hybrids before, you know, if ne- we never actually see it happen. You yeah. Know? So how do you feel about uh, Jeopard being a football player? Um, I mean, it's just like the Americanized <laughs> yeah. version of it all, isn't it? Um, I liked that he had a Gucci oh, uh, yeah. face mask. Yeah. I was like, that was a nice touch to show that he, like, came from money and American mm-hmm. was obviously, like, a successful sports player, you know? Let's talk about his tragedy or his tragic backstory in the comic book because yeah. it's very different. You think so? I mean, they're kind I mean, well, it is very different, but they kind of, I mean, I feel like they wanted to go for the same thing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which is, like, the beautiful wife you know that like is with him for reasons we don't you know fully know yeah she's too good for him you know what i mean was kind of even hinted at in the show i felt like yeah maybe Um, probably she's like you know you always bust in head he's like i thought that's what you liked about me i felt like that was literally the hint of like Like, you know he's just he's like a tough guy that's like too tough you know i mean she deals with his toughness you know (laughs) um but in in the in the comic book they Mm -hmm. they spend a lot of time having to deal with the surviving that i guess that's true because like in in the comic book, it implies that they she is pregnant after we already for sure know about hybrids and stuff. Yeah, the apocalypse has been going on. Right. <laughs> Whereas in the show, it seems like she's pregnant coincidentally at the exact same time as all the other hybrid babies are like being born. Like the biggest outbreak exactly. of the initial outbreak of it all. So how do you feel about that difference in, in I guess, the... The origin story of the... I mean, both of them are incredibly tragic in their yeah. own way, you know what I mean? But exactly, can you imagine, like, the world ending and you having to do just everything you can to survive on the streets with the one you love, you know what I mean? And then just, in the worst of it all, she's like, and now I'm pregnant. <laughs> in a time period where every baby's being born, yeah, like a mom, you know, like there hasn't been a normal baby born in a while. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's sad. See, and that's something we even got to see in the show that isn't, I mean, maybe gets explored later in the comic book as well, was the la- one of the last human children born. Oh, you know, yeah. I remember the family pretty, or that's just like the second episode or something. Yeah. That was, once again, a very, uh, something that I, I mean, if it happens later in the comics, I'm interested to see it, but I can't imagine how it would and be the exact, or be the even the same thing, really, because right. it's so early on in, in Gus the... and uh, Jeopard's, you know, yeah. travels, you know. And their early experiences with the last men, you know, I think it's meant to really reiterate that God, or Jeopard is like a protective force, yeah. you know, almost like an unstoppable protective force to Gus, you know, if he wants to be. I thought it was pretty funny that that family, the mom was like, we've never stolen, we've never killed anybody. But then they obviously live in a in a place that's not, not theirs. theirs. It's a resort like shop, you yeah. know what I mean? And so I just found that a little ironic thing. Yeah, and it was like almost too good to be true. I'd be like, that's where like everybody would be attempting to flee to. It would be like places out in the woods like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd think they'd find that whole place and like park rangers who worked there and shit wouldn't have also thought of that area. You yeah. Know? Um Disney Channel. <laughs> One thing, I mean, the the comic book trained me a lot to believe that this story on the big or on the mm-hmm. TV screen was gonna be a certain way. I when 
they encountered these people, I was like, oh, these these people are dying. I oh, was like, so? I was like, these people are not going to live through the end of this episode. And sure enough, it's the vice. It's like completely yeah. opposite. Yeah, complete opposite. They I just don't choose to be s- like, you know, we can't keep Gus because he's a semi threat, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because the show still dances around with the idea of like, well, the doctor before Sing at mm-hmm. the at wherever he was at that commune, um, she had notebooks and on top of notebooks about cutting open hybrid kids. Yeah. And we never see it explicitly in the comic book. We see photographs of cut open kids. (laughs) We see Gus see a cut open hybrid. (laughs) And then in the show, they, they do the whole thing where one of the, the guys has the sick and has pinkies dancing. And, uh, they set his whole house on fire. And I, it, you know, to see that and hear about that, like if I were to tell you, like, dude, in this show, they set a guy's house on fire because he's sick and he's tied up inside yeah. the house. You're like, oh, that's a fucked up dark show. Yeah. But I guess the way that the show kind of dances around it is like, oh, well, you don't hear him screaming. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is just like, a quirky community keeping <laughs> themselves safe. It's that part. Those parts are very Black Mirror to me in a way of like a futuristic, you know, society of like... Your you and your neighbors having to like be be the law, you know, yeah. like and that was it's kind of, that was funny enough. Probably the spookiest thing the show had to present in a way is like was this weird commune, and especially like when we finally see you know uh, Doctor Singh and, and Ronnie, you know, and getting then through their experience through it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is when it, we really see the horror of it all and how just how quickly it can happen to you, you know? Um, when um when I knew that 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 uh. Uh, Dr. Singh had the book mm-hmm. and that that's exactly where uh, Abbott was trying to go. What he was trying to get. Yeah. And they were setting their house on fire. I was like, oh, Abbott's men are going to come and just shoot Save all these them. people. Yeah. And sure enough, you hear screaming and gunfire. Uh, it doesn't explicitly show any dead bodies. Mm-hmm. But that's the idea. You know what I mean? It dances. They killed his entire neighborhood exactly. just to save the two of them. It yeah. dances this tiptoe where it's like this show is trying to do this fucked up story but we're not trying to do it too yeah, much we're, like, we're, gonna, we're gonna turn the camera away when we need to you know <laughs> disney so, channel i want to ask so we've kind of reviewed both the comic mm-hmm. and the show do you feel like if the show had taken those darker plunges mm-hmm. and maybe there was an ulterior motive behind jeopard about him turning over gus to abbott mm-hmm. do you think you would have enjoyed the show more Yes. Yes. And I and the thing is is in my opinion I think this show I think the show pulled the punches a little too much exactly and I get I get the audience they made it for but there's a whole other audience I think they missed the mark on and I think fans of this comic book are not going to be fans of the TV show yeah. because they don't rise to those same levels exactly. I mean the show very much turns the camera away from the violence where the show or the comic book makes sure to basically put it right up in front of you yeah. and once again the sh- the comic's drawn to make you feel uneasy we're looking at gus and the tv show is not uneasy you're like oh look at this cute little deer kid like, yeah his ears are adorable you yeah. know what i mean they're like the best thing about him i know um, I agree. and even like penny who, who is in bobby or wendy sorry yes. if you want to call her penny wendy <laughs> who is absolutely terrifying in the comic book in a way especially bobby too well because he draws her nostrils like wide open <laughs> it's kind of terrifying um are obviously much cuter mm-hmm. in the show so i really feel like the idea was like we're gonna make this kind of more me i mean it's netflix and yeah. so i wonder what it would have been like if like 
Hulu or Amazon or something else would have picked this up. And if it, we would have gotten that That's grittier, you know, darker kind of story, you know, uh, style to it or like AMC or something, you know, like exactly. Yeah. Once again, I, I just I'm obsessed with the idea of like if the creators of The Walking Dead would have done Sweet Tooth, you know, yeah. because it's the, it's such a good post-apocalyptic world where they could have done like these kind of scary you know what I want to see? I want to see Sweet Tooth, but drawn like Rango, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is like animated, but like really just grungy and just yeah. like, you know, like uh, no uh, scars or, you know. We uh, should watch Rango for the, the podcast. It's such a good movie. Um, I wanted to ask if, if let's say you had a family. Mm-hmm. Let's say you were 10 years older, you had family, and you had read this whole book all the way through, and you wanted to share this kind of version of this, mm-hmm. or you wanted your family to experience the kind of world that you were able to get into. Do you feel like the show translates that in a proper way? Of course it's family friendly. I think that was exactly at the end of the day, the the idea. And it makes sense that they're like, if we make a really dark show about a deer kid, no one's going to want to watch this shit. But if we make a lighthearted fun show about a deer kid, people will watch it and they probably were right. You know what I mean? I think that they were smart in the way they designed the show and there's a lot of great things about it. I think Abbott in the show is fantastic. I want to see that villain in more stuff. I think Singh is fantastic. And I thought Singh was really well written too and he has a much, his backstory makes sense on why he would do, you know, be almost driven to the things that he's doing. If anything, I don't like Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie. Ronnie Ronnie's very out. morally gray, and it's kind of like, come on, like you should be like <laughs> not being so aggressive. Like, kill those fucking kids from <laughs> husband. Um, so I'm gonna oust us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Neither of us have read Umbrella Academy, Mm-mm. and people who are big fans of the comic book uh-huh. don't truly like the show. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I like the show a lot. I feel like I feel like I finally understand where those people came from when it comes to Netflix adaptations, the comic book to be, you know, this new version of it that's more digestible. You know what I mean? And so I'm, you know, liking the Umbrella Academy and then wanting to read the book. I feel like I get the best of both worlds. Yeah. And so maybe this is a perfect examination of like whenever you are into the book and you see the adaptation not fully live up to what you wanted mm-hmm. it you have to kind of just say well both adaptations have their pluses exactly you know what i mean and that's where these definitely stand you know what yeah. i mean um i just think that uh yeah once again the show really just kind of holds itself back a little bit and she's i felt to like more uh more yeah just i keep digestible channel yeah but like more kid friendly is even something i would say i felt like one thing that the show bummed me out the most about yeah on a continuous basis was the dialogue oh really yeah there was times where i thought huh that wasn't wonderful yeah and it's because i think jeff lemire is a great writer and i think his dialogue is fantastic Mm -hmm. and so even though like he writes uh gus to be you know a little bit hick bum mm-hmm. it's it's still better written and than a lot of the things that gus says yeah. in the tv show this like On overly my, optimistic gus yeah, yeah in my opinion because like yeah i don't know it, it's almost like his his ra- the way he acts and the rationale behind the things he does makes more sense in the comic books he acts like how a hybrid deer kid would kind of act and react to things where in the show it's like deer aren't this optimistic about finding their moms you know <laughs> like they wouldn't want to you know they're not like the type of animal that would want to like travel across you know large do you think, spaces do you think besides ability 
the hybrids would take on mentalities that the yeah I would so absolutely you think, think like so. an like, alligator what, kid or look at Bobby kept, digging holes around well, everywhere no, yeah he's because that's how he's able to mm-hmm. he is able to do that but do you think an alligator kid would be like no I'm going to eat Bobby uh, yeah I think that it would be carnivorous I guess is my argument to that you know what I mean not I'm mean, not in a way that it couldn't control it but in a way that's like I want to eat my friends a little bit you know and so I need to eat meat products in order yeah. to you know, uh, it's like a so you think Madagascar, the, you know? Yeah. So you okay? That's interesting. I didn't feel that way. I felt like they were human for the most part, mm-hmm. except for they have animal traits, so they have animal abilities, and not so much their mentality. Yeah, I think that's some. When I think we even there's like a variation in it. You know what I mean? Like obviously we see that some are like Bobby, who are much more animalistic that's to the what, point that they can't even speak. You that's know what my I mean? next question. Do you think? the more recent the babies that are being born, because Bobby seems like he's maybe younger. younger. Do you think they're becoming more and more animal? One other thing that I thought they kind of fucked up with all the, when they finally show all the animal kids, they, Gus is supposed to be significantly older than the rest of them. He was supposed to be like, definitely the first, like well, blatantly the first. And they were dude. like, what? No, and yeah. Their age, they were like all, some of them were taller than him. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I was like, and they, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, but everybody always says, this one's older. This yeah. one can talk. This one's older. This why is he wearing a t-shirt? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it's he's only 1 year older. How do these people know that he's older? Yeah, they're you know like, what that I mean? one seems older. <laughs> and then we show all these kids and they look about his age. So I one well, the thing is they talk about how that initial wave of them really got slaughtered, you know, they like yeah. I mean Abbott talks about oh we were too good at the massacring part so now we don't have enough for the you know Exper- experimentation yeah. part of it all and it's like so where how did all these kids survive all of that you think the only ones would be the exactly the bobby sized ones and i do agree that i think the newer the they're being born the younger they are the more animalistic they are and i like the idea that the virus is like a world reaction to humanity mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's such a that's an interesting thing that it would do. You know, it's like basically like, fuck it, I'm just going to get rid of human DNA. The more they try to have babies, the more it's going to be a different species. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I think this is, and I mean, this is a half uneducated guess yeah. because we don't know enough of the comic book. I think that this is like an environmentalist kind of idea where it's like humans have fucked up the earth for so long. The only way we can make it good is if half the humans go or most of the humans go away and the humans that do stick around are animals because animals are, you yeah. know, take care of the earth. And I, I'm just interested to see where all, both go from here because yeah. I, I do want to invest in reading more. And then obviously they're probably going to pick this up for another season. This is, oh, this, is definitely. A, this is a banger coming out of the gates. You know what I mean? How do you are you excited for another season? I will watch it. Is what yeah. I'm saying. I think it'll be very interesting, and I think when it does come out, we should probably read more of the comic. Yeah. Like that's something we should probably do, and maybe even complete the comic. I think for that's that probably what we would do. We would do Sweet Tooth season two plus full knowledge of the rest the of the book. comic book because it's only forty issues. Yeah. I think we can probably find the trades pretty easily. We did sixty nine issues of Sex Criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in, saying that in quotes. <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought. I was gonna. I thought I could turn that off, but I couldn't. Okay, you just got um, it twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see a second season. And uh, I mean, I guess the big question that we are left wondering from where we are standing is: Is sweet tooth the cause of the virus, or is it yeah. something? You know, because uh, they they show a lot different. of hints yeah. of like what could have been the the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about Netflix's? Um, terrible scheduling when it comes to doing seasonal 
shows. What do you mean? Because it's taken, I think, like four years for there to be two seasons of Umbrella Academy. Oh, so true. There's I see like what you're saying. Yeah, it's going to be a while six, before you see Dear Boy season two. Yeah, it's almost six seasons before, probably seven seasons, or seven years before we see the fourth season of Stranger Kids. <laughs> and all of them are going to be like 25 by the time the show's over. How do you feel about we're going to... Dear they, boy. They casted too many children for this mm-hmm. show. That's so true. How do you feel about that? That's that's a struggle. That, and that's actually an incredibly good call I didn't think about moving <laughs> forward. So, I mean, that might mean that they really are going to only have another season they can do in Max before they basically run their own clock too dry, you know? Do you think Do you think that it'll ever get to the point where it'll be like... Uh, oh, boy. The war, King of Thrones. No, what is Game it called? Game of Thrones. Game yeah. of Thrones, where they, they have to the character, the people change so much that they have to make their own shit, and they can't have any more like, because like I, I, I only assume that the comic book ends with Gus still being a kid. Yeah. Do you I, think I can't imagine a whole lot of time passes? <laughs> yeah. So do you think that the show is going to take so long to the point where Gus will be? Like not so much a kid anymore that they're gonna have to rewrite the whole show to be completely different. They'll be like, "Fuck it, we'll just tell these like this story from the from the comic," but he'll be thirteen. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But three years will have passed. Yeah, that is probably what they'll have to do, right? Yeah, if we guess. And the thing is, is that's so perfectly plausible. You know what I mean? They're just like, "Oh no, he's just been surviving out here for three whole years somehow." You know? Yeah. Who oh, knows? It's it's you know. It was a sweet. It was a. It was a good show, and uh, for what it was, and it was a better comic. Yeah, no. Um, as much as we liked the comic book compared to the show, it was still a good show. Mm-hmm. I do. You recommend people who like the show to go and read the comic. You can give it a shot. Is what I would say to that. Just understand it's going to be something a little bit darker, definitely a lot grittier, um, and not nearly as a uh, story driven. I guess is what I want to say in the sense oh. of like giving so much intimate like background or moments you know yeah that you kind of get in the in the, yeah, show. the show this is going to be much more visually yeah <laughs> storytelling and uh uh a little darker a little more thought-provoking yes i agree um yeah so that was it that was sweet tooth yeah we liked it we liked both versions we just choco rocket we're just <laughs> we just like uh you know the comic book a little bit more I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're going to be talking about two books. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about um, Unworthy Thor by Jason Aaron and Olivier Coipel. Yeah. And Good we're going to be talking about The Ballad of Beta Ray Bill. That's going to be issues uh, Thor 370. It's just that? Yeah, it's four issues. It's 370 something. Three. What is it? 339? 330? Let me see. It is 337 through 340 is the Ballad of Beta Ray Bill by Walt Simonson. I'm actually excited for this one. We're going to go back to our boy Thor. Yep. And I'm very excited about it. I think eventually we should do King Thor, which is the very end of Jason Aaron's run on Thor. And I saw a cover of it the other day, and boy howdy. Gore the God Butcher's back. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. So Isn't I'm, he always. I'm I'm very interested to see how that wraps up. Yeah. Um but anyway, other than that, please follow us on Instagram. Uh you'll find that in our podcast description notes. Yep. 
but anyway well thank y'all so much for coming out yep uh yeah like and subscribe and uh we will see you I next will week see you there or i will <laughs> see, see you, you on another time, time. later on the menge bye guys bye guys <laughs>